On today's episode of the Something Unoriginal podcast, uh, Logan Cook is joining us and we're talking about travel. Good times, man. Good, good times. We'll, uh, we dabble into a little bit of what it's like to travel alone versus traveling with people, travel horror stories, and a little place called Georgia. part two with my buddy logan cook here um kind of touched on some cool stuff in that last episode but um we're getting into some travel uh logan here is known as probably you're my most traveling friend i hope you know that (laughs) really yeah like hands down nobody i know travels more than you and it's pretty i you should be happy that that's the case yeah i mean i'm it's like something i'm proud of and partially a little like embarrassed of because it just means i spend a lot of money but (laughs) Hey, it's worth it though. Traveling <laughs> and like getting those experiences cool. We also have another guest with us today, uh, kind of special co-host. Uh, my wife Megs has joined us because she's way more into this travel stuff than I am. Meg runs at your service. Yeah. <laughs> so periodically, you'll hear from all three of us. So, um, yeah, man, we uh, we talked a little bit in the last episode about Treehouse Lodge in Peru. Maybe we'll start from there, knowing that Megs yes, also went to Peru. That would be awesome. Serve your mission in Peru. Okay, so you, Treehouse Lodge, Peru. Give me the rundown. I haven't heard about it. Okay. Um, so it's it's an eco-lodge in the Amazon. Um, it's in Iquitos. Or it's it's about three hours up the river from Iquitos. Um, and it's, a, it's like an all-inclusive lodge where you go and do excursions. So you literally live in a treehouse, and then you do a couple excursions a day. That can be anything from like fishing for piranha to like um you know going dolphin you know as we we went over in the last episode actually that there actually are dolphins in the amazon river and they're pink to me the pink one i had yeah. no idea it was news i had never heard that before i don't know if you knew this but i've been to the i've been to iquitos oh I really on a humanitarian trip and i stayed at the I'll, I'll let you know if the name comes to me but i was on a i was at a lodge oh okay so yeah you know you know yeah, um, a little. I know your your experience is a little different. They also did ayahuasca trips at mine. Do they do those? At really? The... Yeah. So, um, Treehouse Lodge doesn't like officially like they don't do they don't have like a place for ayahuasca, um, you know, getaways. But um, if you're going down, you can arrange it because there's just lots of connections and there's guides who know where to take you or they'll take you to you know a local village. And that's also one of the excursions. You know is going and visiting local villages. I go down there and we'll, we'll play soccer with the villagers and, um, you know, jungle walks, see the monkeys, sloths, catch a caiman at night. Like, it's it's really cool, really fun. That's so dope. What's, like, your favorite memory from when you went? Is it a place you go often? Sounds I, like you've gone multiple times. Yeah, I've been, I've been about, to Trias Lodge, I've been three times. And I've been to Peru like five times. Um, I it it's just really fun being like just immersed in the culture because it's an experience where you're very off the grid. I mean, like here's something I'll say about travel is I'm very like against the like Americanized version of travel. You know, so like you go to Cancun and you experience Cancun in like an American way. So like you go to a you know. You eat burgers for your lunch, and then they take you to go on a, you know, like, four-wheeler ride through this, like, park, you know, so that's safe, and so the Americans feel comfortable. And, like, nothing wrong with that, right? But I think one of the major benefits of travel is, like, being in the other, like, in a new culture and, like, not just following some strict itinerary, but just experiencing, you know, what, like, a day in the life you know, that's been some of my favorite moments, you know, just like being in Italy and walking down the street, like walking down an alley and there's like some guy who like makes his own pasta from scratch. You eat it. It's like the best food ever. Mm-hmm. And then you make friends with this guy. You're like a friends on Facebook now. And <laughs> he sends you like, this is a true story. Like sends me, uh, <laughs> you guys are like, this is getting really specific. <laughs> Every September, he sends me a uh, um, recipe, and um, yeah, like a new recipe. Yeah, no, oh I, I, yeah, like he he actually does send me recipes, but yeah, so like it's it's that kind of thing oh. where you like <laughs> you. It's much more than just an experience, you know. It's like a 
continual like friendship made or yeah. memory what's the significance of september why does he set up you in september <laughs> sorry i was joking <laughs> i was joking about that i was just joking that oh, i was, was like, like being really specific like <laughs> yeah. and then you go down this alley and there's this one guy named pablito and then he says you know I don't know. that's so funny oh yeah way curious tacos yeah in italy oh yeah way that's true that's true yeah pablito that is not an italian name yeah, you you let in with Pablito. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bad. No, you're good. So, okay, other thoughts that come to mind with travel. I haven't traveled a lot. I want to. I feel super overwhelmed by, like, how things are going to go. So transportation or, like, communication if people don't speak the language. I still would love to, and I love to experience travel the same way you do. Because that's, like, why I don't want to go on a cruise. Like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, go on a cruise. No, that literally sounds like... Like hell on a boat. Like you're just walking around the waves with a bunch of other American white people. Yeah. And then you go stop in Mexico for like a day to do American stuff. It's Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. Like tourism catered to Americans is so wild to me. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on how to make it more accessible in the way that you travel, like with the culture? Like how do you do that? What do you start with? What are the steps? Yeah. You're a great interviewer, by the way. Thank you. It's um, been my dream, actually. Really? We'll get to that in a second. It's more on travels. So let okay. me know how you're feeling about this, and then we'll talk about it. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, that that is, and it is, like, a it is a big part. Um, I think, you know, so I'm somebody who, who wings things more, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes, actually, a lot of the time, I, like, find myself in just really strange situations um, and I get myself in trouble. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but, um, I kind of just see it as part of the experience. You know, you're not going to go there and just fit in perfectly. You're going to stand out regardless of where you go. Um, and so I think like, it's just laughing at yourself a little bit and like acknowledging that you're going to stick out like a sore thumb, but that you can also, I mean, you know, one thing I always try to do is, like, show gratitude and show appreciation mm-hmm. for their culture or their language or – because, I mean, that's one thing that I think we struggle with in America. And, and, like, I was this way, is I thought every single Latin America country, like, ate tacos and mm-hmm. liked spicy food and had, like, a Mexican accent, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, now, like, you know, after having living lived in these countries and, like, I'm sure you've had a similar experience, you realize, like, wow – the difference between Argentina and Guatemala is huge, mm-hmm. you know? Sorry, that, that was a little bit of a tangent. But um, more just that by doing that, you know, by showing that gratitude and stuff, you they kind of see you as a person and not just some, you know, mean tourist. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of planning that, that comes into place, and it, it more depends on where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to like Eastern Europe or, you know, the Middle East or, um, you know, like some, you know, Kazakhstan or something like you're going to want to get a lot more stuff like set in place because they don't really have the infrastructure in place. But in most places, in most countries, they have a tourist, um, a tourism industry. Mm-hmm. And so they'll know how to like take care of you and there'll be English speakers, but um, sorry, that was a very long-winded explanation for that. <laughs> it's a long question. It, it's so broad because every country is different, like you were yeah. saying too. So. Yeah, like France lived there. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Kid, okay, Tell I, me about it. Kidding. I like so. I did a study abroad in France, and I, I'm I was partially joking about that, but I do believe that at least for me, a big part of travel is like the people mm-hmm. and. Um, anybody who's been to France can like attest that uh, the culture is very different between American and French, and there's also just a lot of animosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Americans we're we're pretty loud, you know. At dinner we're like loud and boisterous, and um, in France that's like a pretty disrespectful thing. Um, they, you know, more the the French way is to be more reserved and to you know drink your coffee and and leave people alone, don't talk to people. But the thing is, is that, like, you go somewhere like Paris, they're so tired of American tourists that they're just very short and not willing to work with you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so that, that is kind of a negative thing, but like, yeah, I think you got to do some research about the place. For me, I just say like France is really cool, but Italy and Spain, and I'd even say like Portugal, um, are cooler. (laughs) So there's like nothing that France offers in my opinion that isn't offered by, uh, you know, those other countries i know that's kind of hot take logan cook yeah i'm about him i think that's what makes it interesting i have heard so many things about not gonna profile here but about french people just having a really hard time with tourists and i i get it like honestly if that's the culture of being reserved like sticking to yourself no wonder they feel that way if Mm -hmm. we're like so out there not justifying it but because i still think we should be friendly but I could see why that would be kind of a bummer to live there and yeah. feel like you're literally being shamed and shunned everywhere you go. Yeah, and I think that, you know, like I said, there's like, it's cultural differences. Also, there's kind of this animosity between French and Americans. And like, mm-hmm. no doubt, lots of stupid Americans go to Paris and are like, oh. can I have a, like, you know, just, can I have a croissant? You know, like, yeah. I don't know, just they're dumb and loud. And, and so I don't blame them for that. Yeah. But, you know, so like, pretty common experience that I had is uh, I'd go up to somebody and it's kind of a thing in France that you should you should try and speak to them in French mm-hmm. instead of English to at least show like an interest in their culture the the problem is though is that if you don't speak it well enough um, they they won't have it you know so if you come up to them speak to them in English they'll ignore you um, and if you come up to them in, in like try and try French, they'll just kind of like scoff at you a little bit Ugh. and be like, what, what? And then they'll speak to you in English and be like, oh, you want to go over here? Like, you know, and, and they'll do it from there. So I don't know. It's just like, I might've been too bold saying like, I don't recommend it, but I would definitely say go to the South of France over like Paris. Mm-hmm. Paris is like a really dirty city in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I've heard that before. I've heard that about Paris, that it's, like, kind of a shithole. I won't deny it. Okay, carry on with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about how Italy and Portugal and Spain were way cooler. What'd you do there? Um. Okay, so I'd say out of those countries, Italy's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just in regards to, like, history, food, um, language cars like italy just i I love italy um like the the architecture just has such a wide variety so beautiful there there was a moment there i remember on the mission where you were trying to learn italian did you end up actually learning more italian like did you continue with that you parlo un po oh no that's actually a little bit uh (laughs) you parlo un poco d'italiano did you just speak Portuguese and then realize that you were speaking Portuguese and then spoke Italian? I, um, <laughs> I said, like, the first part of the sentence in Italian. Yeah. And then I said the last part in French. Oh, then, wh- why did I think that was Portuguese? That's so funny. Uh, yeah. But, wow. They're so similar, though. So And, and so, them. I mean, that's, like, a thing for me is I was traveling a lot, but my French should be far better than it is. Um, my Italian's better than my French, and mm. I lived in France. And it's oh, just because weird. of that, because I could, like, people wouldn't, like, really cooperate, you know, or, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, they wouldn't really work with you or mm. be like, oh, yeah, no, this is how you actually say it. It should be like, I spit on your uh, stupid <laughs> yeah. American accent. How do they expect you to get better? That is the double standards. Yeah. That's too much. So in comparison to Puerto Rico, where if you try and speak Spanish, they're like, oh, cute. Yeah, let's try it. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're, like, the nicest people ever. Yeah. How is, Ital- how is Italian and French compared to that? Or Italy and France compared to that? Yeah, so I think Italy is a lot closer to that than France is. Okay, so they're um, pretty tolerant of people yeah. learning. They and, actually care about the effort. Yeah, and, and and like anybody, they just appreciate you know you showing an interest in their lifestyle and their culture. Um, and and so yeah, Italy like I think is like Florence is probably my favorite city ever. Um, I love Italy. I love Spain too. Barcelona is so cool. Portugal really blew me away. Like Lisbon is really cool. Um, the other thing, I mean, with your question earlier about like travel, mm-hmm. travel in Europe is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like, I you know, you're not driving your car everywhere, but like 
it's a lot cheaper because you can just train from any country to any country. And so, so and they're close. Yeah. And it's cheap. And so it's nice. You know, you don't have that, like the same struggles of, um, you know, just figuring out like how to get, you know, like, so you fly into, and now that Uber's around, it's a lot nicer, but like, you know, you fly into Chicago and you're like, okay, I got to get over to, you know, this place. How do I do it? And you like try and find a way, but in Europe, it's a lot easier because they've got just stronger infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That is really cool about them. Someday we'll go to Europe. We really want to go to um, the Nordic countries. I think that'd be super cool. I've got a lot of ancestry from there, but I just, we th- it's like on our bucket list for sure. You totally um, should. What would you give as like advice for people that are starting to travel that could make it easier for them or that have made like that's made travel more enjoyable for you? Um so hmm. it depends on what you you like to do for traveling. Mm-hmm. Um for your version of travel. Yeah. I'd say kind of just put yourself out there. Um and I know that's like super simple and basic, but you know, to experience new things, you're going to be out of your comfort zone. Like that's just a given. When you you go to a new country, it's really intimidating to like I don't just go out and and like be immersed in this culture. Like it's pretty intimidating because I, and I was kind of saying this to Meg earlier. Like you just stick out and. Mm-hmm. You don't want to like give away that you're too American and and stuff like that, but on the reality is that they they know and they're gonna know, um, and just don't worry about it because we also I feel like have this like in certain places like France there's like there's a definite thing, but um, I also think we project a lot mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna come down to this country and they're gonna be like oh we hate you when they have a completely different perspective and mm-hmm. they really like you and it's like an honor to talk to you you know and so I think understanding that you're not gonna like that not everything's gonna go perfectly too you know so like that and then um you know you're gonna make mistakes crazy stuff's gonna happen you know um your train's gonna get canceled and don't let it ruin your trip Mm -hmm. because it's like it's gonna happen especially if it's like a long one Mm -hmm. um and at least for me, I, I'm not a very like structured person in life, but I but I have found like when I travel with friends who really have a solid itinerary and they're like, "Hey, I want to see this place, I want to see this place, and I want to eat at this restaurant," you're never going to be able to like hit all your things, mm-hmm. and and so like I think it's better to have kind of a guideline of you know I'd like to do this, like to do this, like to do this, and then we'll see what happens along the way and kind of wing it, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is. I don't know, you know, it's 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 scary, but it's also when I've had, like, some of my most memorable experiences. Mm-hmm. That reminds me so much of our honeymoon. I I grew up with a dad that was, like, super OCD about travel. Like, he oh, yeah? had planned out from, like, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. what we were doing for every single hour without rest a lot yeah. of times. So, like, I really enjoyed that growing up because we got to do a lot of stuff, but then travel wasn't relaxing. Yeah. So I'd never had, like, a relaxing trip before. And so we were planning our honeymoon, and we were going to go to Puerto Rico, which is where Carter served his mission, right? Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to see all these things, and we got to do all this stuff. And I had, like, this huge list, and I was, like, bummed on our third day because I was like, ah, we just, we, we're not going to be able to see it all. And like, we just, like, I want to be able to see everything that we've planned and he was like girl you've never chilled on a vacation like you just let's just take a sec we'll just sleep in we can do what we can and then um we'll just see what we can and we'll enjoy it from there and it taught me to slow down and to relax a little bit more on vacation and sometimes I get in that route where I'm just like oh my gosh I gotta plan everything but I really learned to just enjoy and slow down where I can so that's been helpful so thanks for the chips Oh. The tips. So, yeah. Like I said, chips. The chips. <laughs> I remember one time you and I were talking, having an interesting conversation about travel, and you were saying, like, one of the most underrated countries you had been to, I don't remember if you said it was, like, Georgia or Chad. Was oh, it Georgia? It was Georgia. Okay, dude, what makes Georgia so cool? Yeah, okay, so that's kind of exactly what I was saying, and um, just, like, one little addition to, like, what Meg was saying. Yeah. Um, I think that is so true, and... 
I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I'm a little too loose about stuff. Um, and so I need like, I have a friend who we travel together. He like plans everything. And then I'm just like along for the ride and (laughs) usually works out pretty well. Um, with what you were just saying about Georgia, um, it just caught me so off guard because I mean, I, we, there's several countries and places that we always hear about. We hear about Rome, we hear about Paris, we hear about, um, London and we, you know, yeah, the Eiffel Towers in Paris, uh, the you know the Colosseums in Rome. London has the you know, the eye or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of th- we kind of go in assuming we know everything about it. So that trip to Georgia was it was actually my senior trip with my dad, um, and my dad's a very big traveler, and has always really been into it. And he's also really into mountaineering, um, and so for my senior trip is what we we flew into Norway. Um, flew into Bergen, Norway, and then we just trekked by like train hopping um, and busing all the way through Sweden, Finland, into Russia, and then down through bottom Russia. It took a 24, it was like a 23 hour train ride, like oh. nonstop. Worst like commute of my life. Um, <laughs> and ended up in uh, Piatigorsk, like southern Russia. Um, and that's where we. Um, went and climbed Mount Elbrus, which is uh, like technically the tallest mountain in Europe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's in Russia, it's really confusing. Like Western Russia is considered part of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't you also skydive in Russia? Skydived in Norway. Oh, in Norway. Yeah, okay, I misunderstood that. Oh no, you're good. You're good. And we can, we can go back to that if you want. Um, Continue. Sorry, I, so I was just trying to. Yeah, I was just good. trying to explain why I was in Georgia because you're like, well, why? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. that Russia, state. What? Yeah, like. Yeah. Sorry, continue. I just thought for some reason I remember vaguely, but it I was mistaken. No, you're good. No stress, man. Um, so Georgia is a country on the southern border of Russia, um, and it's just on the other side of Mount Elbrus, which is the, uh, I want to say Ural Mountains, but I think that's wrong. Might be the Caucasus. Um, I don't I know. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I was really amazed because Georgia was like thriving. It was just this bustling little country that I'd never had heard about. Like, cause we're not referring to the state Georgia here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got, do want to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Savannah, Georgia, Atlanta, coolest place Savannah. ever, man. <laughs> Favorite country by so far. Exotic. <laughs> um, no. So I, when I came there, it was super unique because there was just this language and this culture there that I had never even heard of, like completely foreign to me. I'd never seen it like depicted in like cinema. Mm. And they had this just like entirely unique culture that I had never heard about. And then it, you know, it made me just realize there's so many areas of the world that are like that, that I just group into like, oh yeah, that they're just, you know, they used to be part of the Soviet Union. But it was just a really cool city. So I actually paraglided in Georgia. Um, and that was really cool. Um, Interesting. But their uh, their capital city, um, Tbilisi, is really unique because it's got a lot of modern, unique like architecture mixed in with ancient ruins, you know? Whoa. And so it's just really, really unique mix of things. Like the language looks like, like elvish, like... What? Yeah, like it, look up a picture of it. The Georgian language is it's like all curly and um All right, I'm going to look up a picture. Continue. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it was it was so cool. The food was super unique. Um that was kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, I like really like doing this. Do you feel like that was like the start of your love for travel? I mean, yeah, you'd been traveling before obviously, right? But like do you feel like that may have been the spark that like Yeah. That was like the spark that made me like like want to like dedicate a majority of my life to it, <laughs> you know, like I want this to be a big part of my life. Um and and also just this new culture that I like cuz you you like at least in America, like I kind of thought like oh, I've exp- I've seen it all or I've heard it all at least. But I really haven't still. It's exciting. It kind of reminds me of what you said in the beginning of the podcast when you were just grouping all of Southern and Central America together as, like, Mexican people that liked tacos and spicy food. Yeah. Like, so what what was the culture of Georgia like? Like, what do you remember from it that you liked that was new for you? 
I think it was just such a stark contrast from Russia, because Russia's really cool, um, but there there actually is a little bit of that, like some similarities with the French there, in that they they're very serious, you know, like you don't like it's literally a thing there that you don't like smile to somebody on the street, like if you like make eye contact, and it's because like they'll think you're like psych- psychotic, because it's like not a normal behavior in Russia, you know, so. Um, it's it's not as like forthcoming. They're a lot more straight and or like short with you, and so, um, and it was also just like really depressing. Like you got outside of the major cities, just like really struggling. Um, and this then, is in Russia, right? Yeah, Russia. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry, I lost track there. No, 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 you're good. It wasn't I, your fault. I continue. <laughs> um, so yeah, Russia was was kind of where once you got outside of the cities, it was really depressing and people living in you know, pretty rough conditions. And then we got into Georgia and it's just this bustling, you know, city with friendly people, you know, people willing. It seemed like they kind of wanted to get, like they knew I didn't know anything about Georgia. And they're like, yeah, so what do you think about this? You know, and um, it was kind of like, you know, this desire to get their culture out there. and, and, And I thought that was cool, you know, it was just a very stark contrast. It's a very, that's also kind of Puerto Rican. Like, they do that same thing, kind of, where they're like, oh, what did you think when you, uh, yeah, you heard the coquille? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think about, uh, the <laughs> huge Christopher Columbus statue on the north part of the island? Yeah. So, there's this thing in Peru. I served my mission in Peru, an LDS mission. There's Chuño. I don't know if you heard about it in Iquitos because Iquitos is in the northern part, which is more of a jungle area. Chuño. Chuño. It's, so. so, it's just more in the south, like, <laughs> Andean part of Peru, but they grow a lot of potatoes. There's like 4,000 different types of potatoes or something. So to preserve those potatoes, part of the ancient culture is to um, stomp on them with your feet. Dry them. Yeah. You stomp on them with your feet. You dry them out in the sun. You peel them a day later, and then you dry them out again for like two or three more days, and it turns them black. So you can preserve it for like 10 years or something crazy like that. But like in what condition? Like... it's preserved, They're but does just, it taste good? Oh, it is. It I never got used to the taste, but it was palatable enough that I could stomach it. But a lot of things were kind of interesting for me for the first time. Yeah. Um, won't hate on Chunyo. Love that for them. But basically, it's like this little black potato that's dehydrated, and you cook it in soup. But that was like the thing that they asked me about in Peru. It was like, oh my gosh, what do you think about Chunyo? And I was in like... When I first got to Peru, I was put in, like, the trash bin of Peru, basically, like, my mission. Like, we had four different areas. There was, like, the jungle part. There was, like, a warm place with mosquitoes. Then there was the southernmost part, which was, like, dry, desert, really underdeveloped. And then there was Cusco, which is, like, city, just people everywhere. And so I was put into this area. That was, like, the southern... It was the southern, the southernmost part where in my mission it was Juliaca, which is like, uh, like amazing people. But once the climate gets colder, the people kind of get a little colder as well. Yeah. I was the only white person. I had one other elder, which is a boy missionary that I was with. That was on the other end of the city, but it was like my first area that I was ever in. So I had to like learn Spanish just on the fly with a bunch of other peruvians so it was just kind of like culture shock there but yeah chuño super funny tunta as well they do that same type of thing but they leave potatoes in a river for like three weeks and it turns them white and they can do the same thing it's like dehydrate them and preserve really? them yeah it's so crazy what what's that um is it called papa salawancaina or oh something my gosh what are my those favorite dish i will so basically it's like they just cook potatoes they like boil them and there's this yellow pepper. I can't remember what it's called. But they make a sauce out of the yellow pepper. And they put, like, cheese, milk, that pepper, and I think, like, some spices, like salt, pepper, a couple other things. It's a really just delicious sauce over potatoes. It's so freaking good. Have you ever had it? I I think I've had it once. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Peruvian cuisine is, is just amazing. It, it is, is so, so good. good. Yeah, don't worry, everyone. Chuño and Tunta you'll never find anywhere. Other Peruvian cuisine is super good. No, you got to get some like lomo saltado. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tallerines verdes. Yeah. Um, what's the 
bistecca lo pobre. Yeah, so good. I'm simple. I love a little arroz con huevo, but anyone can make that. <laughs> um, my favorite dish, I would say, is papas a la huancaina or lomo saltado. You can never go wrong with those. Oh, yeah. Fried yuca is really good, too. They have these little yuca balls in some places. If you ever hear about those, go get them. They're so good. Oh, you've had Peruvian cuisine. Yeah. That is for sure. Oh, it's good. Sorry to bring it back to Peru. I just, that's my one out of country experience I can relate to. So Peru's amazing. (laughs) Peru's so diverse too. Like, yeah, I really want to go to the South because I haven't experienced the South and because I mean, I I don't think a lot of people know that like, because there's the jungle of Peru, right? And, Mm -hmm. and then there's Lima, which is like a, a big bustling city with like, you know, a strong economy. Mm. And then Cusco is like Machu Picchu. A lot of people know about Machu Picchu. But then they don't know there's, like, also, like, desert in Peru and, like, oases and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what's that? What's that? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It's, like, yes. Juan, Juan Cayo or something? Yep, that's the one, Juan Cayo. Yeah. Like, middle of the desert, there's a bunch of sand hills, <clears throat> and then there's just this oasis of water. It's crazy. Yeah. There's so much to do in Peru, too. There's, in my mission, I remember on, we had these free days on Mondays called P-Days. Um on those days we would get to do whatever we wanted basically um and we would just go find ruins and we'd ask the locals like hey do you know of anything and in the south there's a lot of untouched ruins because there's not a lot of development so me and my companion would just like go and find ruins to go see and they were free or like a couple soles which is like a dollar or two to go see and it's just amazing how the culture is preserved still to this day like Incan culture isn't very prevalent, I would say. Maybe more in, like, the jungle. There's more um, culture from, like, way back when. But people still honor their ancestors. They honor Mother Earth, which they call Pachamama. I don't know if you've heard of that one. but I haven't, like actually. Something that I thought was pretty cool. They have a place on in the south that's called um, the Lake Titicaca. You've probably yeah, heard of that yeah, place. Yeah. People living on rafts or or like floating houses on Mm -hmm. the lake. Yep. So they make their, the floating houses, like the way that they do that is they have reeds, I believe. And then they like put grass on top of it. There's a bunch of lake grass around and they just live on floating islands. It's super cool. And I just, I want to know why. I wish I knew more about that, but yeah, I'll have to look into that later. So what is, when you were talking about like stuff that went wrong in your travels i was curious as to what was like the most dumpster fire thing that had happened oh, to man. You while you were traveling man uh yeah i've got some wild stories um well so like one example is you know that that senior trip i was talking about in sweden and my dad and i went on a hot air balloon ride and uh we ended up crash landing <laughs> the hot air balloon no way <laughs> yeah mm. um where how what <laughs> So, you gotta get in depth with that one, man. You can't yeah, leave me hanging. Yeah. So, so we just last minute like decided like oh, it'd be really cool because Sweden's beautiful. It's just like the land of lakes and trees. It's also not an ideal spot for finding a landing place. Land of lakes and trees. Okay, um, yeah, I guess. But I was expecting like a gust of wind into like the, the mountain. Oh, but, all right, this oh, is yeah. definitely. Yeah, sorry. Maybe th- I, this is still a great. I you're painting yeah. a picture of falling into. In a, a lake. So what happened is you like so hot air balloons. You can only control going up or down, and that's with the, you know, the the torch they use. You know, vertically. Yeah. yeah. We so we go on this hot air balloon ride, and we're it kind of just seems sketchy from the beginning. Like these guys just so for example, like I had to like let go of. So it, the hot air balloon was mounted to the ground, and I. Uh, to like let it go is you, you pull out the stake with the rope on it and they had me do it because I was the youngest there but I'm like shouldn't you have like a professional do this <laughs> so I literally like it like wasn't like crazy crazy but I mean I literally like it was a couple feet off the ground by the time I got there I had to like jump and get in yeah um and I was like this is just seems very like unregulated but um anyways we go and Basically, the wind is, like, pushing us towards the ocean. And so our <laughs> pilot starts panicking. and Because we're in Stockholm, uh, right? It's, a it's a, like, a coastal city. Um, yeah. And so we, we just, like, keep getting closer and closer. And 
our pilot is getting nervous and like sweating and can't find a place to land. Finally, we like we see this um, nice field that we're gonna land in. So we go down to land and we don't have enough time. And right behind it are these big flag poles. It's like some kind of park, and it's a dirt bike park actually. And what? so we we go down to. Um, did I describe this well? Like, so we go down to land in this field. Oh, you're describing it fine, but dirt like, bike? I didn't a dirt bike. Yeah, park. Or it was, maybe it was like BMX or something. Still, that's okay. Yeah, um, but we uh, dope as hell. We come down to to land. Doesn't have enough time, so we start pulling up to clear these flagpoles and these these things are like 50 feet tall oh, so geez. we're like close to landing and then pulls up um and then right behind it is the dirt bike park or the you know whatever it was and he i think my dude is just like at his, on his last leg he's just like he's he's just scrambling to survive and so because we're also running out of you know um whatever the fuel is i can't remember what it is I want to say helium, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> we all have like really high voices. Uh, <laughs> You're just kidding. Wow, <laughs> it's so beautiful up here. <laughs> the crash landing and high voice. Um, <laughs> oh I, can see, <laughs> I can see the ocean. <laughs> I'm in the I love ocean. how your high voice is, is Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to see my Smeagol. It's too good. Okay. Okay. I'm not doing it. Oh. Not on the air. Not yet, at least. We'll get Maybe there. a little later. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's a preview, everybody. So, anyways, dude starts to land at the BMX park. And so we crash into the side of a jump. We hit a tree on the way down. Oh, and it geez. just totally wrecks the, the hot air balloon. Oh. So, like, it, it gets bent over. And um, it was pretty sketchy. But the weird thing was, like, these guys were not apologetic at all. They're like, well, we got to get it out of here. And it's like, this thing's like tons, weighs tons. And it's like the, the, the hot air balloon itself, like the balloon itself weighs tons. You know, it's just a fabric that's yeah. hundreds of feet like in length. And were so, they like assuming you would help? Yeah. <laughs> people were just leaving left and right. It's so like people were just like, yeah, we're, we're done. And walked off and left without paying. Wait, so how many, how many people were on this hot air balloon with you? There's probably about 10. No way. I thought it was like you and your dad and this guy. Oh, no. There's, yeah. Wow. That yeah. story develops. Yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't set the scene very well. No, no, no. You're um, good. It, I, I'm glad we clarified that, though. Yeah. That's, a, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of people in it, and they're like panicking and freaking out the whole time. Like, we had like an older <laughs> couple. It's like, well, and also, it's so, like, it, it was raining by the end of it. So we're in this BMX park. It's muddy. So we're like trudging through mud. We're supposed to be home at like 8. It's like 10. Oh. And. Yeah, it, uh, and the, uh, it was just a nightmare. But that's one. Um, <laughs> Wait, what did you do? Like, did you just leave it there? Or um, finally, another guy came and was like, "You can't make them carry this out of here." Like, I think he's like, you know, one of the higher ups, and they gave us like a bottle of champagne. And we're like, we're really sorry, but we still expect payment. And I like, I was someone. I'm like, Dad, just pay them half, if anything. Um, and he paid in full price. So good job, Vance. <laughs> well I done. wouldn't have done it. Well done, Vance. You're the guy. So uh, I do, I, I on interesting travel experiences, I vaguely, again, these are vague things that I remember. I vaguely remember you saying getting into Russia is really hard. Yeah. Like you had to get like an invitation from somebody mm-hmm. or something or whatever it was. Like elaborate yeah, so on that. On my passport, I have a Russian visa. Like, some of my friends, like, joke that I'm, like, a sleeper agent, like a KGB, <laughs> you know, just waiting for my time to strike. But, I, like, I literally have a full-on visa to Russia, and you have to be invited by somebody or, like, an entity. So, the people that were helping us to climb Mount Elbrus had to send, like, a formal invitation, and we had to go through all this work. And um, there's other places that are like that, too, but, yeah, it was. you can't just, uh, you know, stroll right in. Has that always been the case, or was that more so something that was during that time? Like, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know, because that was even before, like, what's going on in Russia right now, right? Like, yeah, I maybe think it's always been that way. I think it's kind of always been that way. Um, well, and I, mean, I think regulations were even tighter, like, before when, 
like when it was like the Soviet Union or there's just like instability from World War One, World War Two. Yeah. Putin's just like nobody come into Russia. <laughs> we don't like your kind. We don't like you. <laughs> this is our land. <laughs> <laughs> Back off. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that after that, but I'm glad that we know the process of getting into Russia now. Yeah, in case if anybody you need was to, curious. In case you need to get in. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, All right. Meg's had a question. Yeah, here. I do. So I had heard that you lived in Brazil for a little. Is that right? Yeah. Kate, how long were you there? And what was the day-to-day like? Tell me about that. So, yeah. So actually, so with Treehouse Lodge, um, we they do some wildlife stuff. And I, I'm really, I love animals. Um, I'm really passionate about the environment. And... So with Treehouse Lodge, um, we'd done a couple things like the turtles, um, we rescue baby turtles so they don't get eaten. And then we like, we, um, let them hatch and then keep them in a little sanctuary until they're old enough to kind of survive on their own. Um, and then we release them and we let the guests be involved. Um, and we also have like a, um, a little island where we have some monkeys that are like rescued from the, um, the pet trade there. Um, and I, I would love to like further develop that cause there's a lot of cool stuff we could do. Um, are these the type of monkeys that will rip your eyes out of sockets or are these nice monkeys? Um, I mean, that was sarcastic. They're, but, you know. I mean, I think all monkeys are capable of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like I wouldn't, I, you know, it's not like you, you wouldn't just, put it past them Yeah. But at the same time. I mean, don't count on it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. If you, I'm terrified if you're of monkeys, smart about by it. the way. Just so you oh, know. really? Yeah, I, I'm so scared of monkeys. Really? Oh, they're so fascinating. But yeah, they're scary, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, like if it were between being in a cage with a chimp and a lion, I think I would rather be in a cage with a lion. I'm on the same. Yeah. I'm the, yeah. I'm with that. Do you for like, sure. I mean, like, have you heard, like, what they do? Like, they, I'm like, like yeah. what you just said. They, like, they go for, like, like extremities yeah and like or like you know weak spots so they'll like tear your eyes out they'll like uh sorry uh this is inappropriate for any (laughs) children viewers but they'll go for your genitalia yeah tear it off dude (laughs) tear your nose off yeah like just when provoked or just for funsies just because they can uh no, they just do it once a week. Just it's a ritual. Um, You're like up four o'clock Saturday. Let's go, kids. Come on, we gotta go. <laughs> gotta go tear off some genitals. Uh, dude, uh, so I've heard that, nut stories about monkeys. Like, oh yeah, dude, and they got weird strength, like way stronger mm. than you would expect. Stronger than us by far. Oh yeah, at least comparatively, right? Like. I mean, you probably can outmuscle a chimp, but at the same no, time, like, dude, really? No, they're stronger than us. <laughs> you were not kidding. You were I'm dead. serious. They're stronger than us. Oh my gosh, that's why I'm like terrified of them, man. Yeah, me too. I thought they just like, you know, I I thought pound for pound they were stronger, but oh, yeah. I thought like not, something smaller we could outmuscle. So, like overall, like crazy. out of all the monkeys, like I think you'd rather be in a cage with a gorilla than a chimp. No way. Yeah, because they're really aggressive too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like what you're saying, yeah, they're. They're more, like, I think it's when provoked, but, you know, they're not, like, you can't just domesticate them like dogs. Yeah. You know? I've heard people try, and that's when they get their faces ripped out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, did you, like, you know that lady? Have I think this that? is what, yeah, I think this is the story I heard. She was taking care of her neighbor's chimp or something. Yeah. And super, like, super good friends with this chimp, like, like, yeah, homies. Yeah, been with it before, yeah. Um, and was taking care of it while her friend was on vacation or something and like does something wrong. Right. And chimp tears her face off and eats it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this has gotten dark really quickly. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So sorry about that side tangent there. Uh, back to, you know, Brazil (laughs) when it's like, you know, get back to the monkey Island. So yeah, yeah, these, uh, animals that are so ferocious (laughs) and kill people, I want to, uh, preserve them. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm really passionate about them and want them to live their best lives. Just because they're face eating animals does not mean that they don't deserve a second chance. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe they're just misunderstood. Exactly. Maybe, you know, nah, I was going to go somewhere with it didn't. It wasn't going to work. I was <laughs> abandon that joke is before um, we even get to it. The reason I was explaining that, though, is just because um, 
this was summer of 2021 um, that I, I went down to Brazil for a month. And I volunteered at a wildlife sanctuary in, in Curitiba. Um, and it was just outside of Curitiba. And I did that firstly because I really just wanted to go to Brazil and learn Portuguese and, like, experience it. Immerse yourself in it. And then I also thought it could be, you know, a cool opportunity to to potentially in the future, if we want to do something like that at Treehouse Lodge, um, you know, start uh, an animal sanctuary initiative. And and so what it was like down there is I, I just lived at this sanctuary and I was a caretaker. Um, and so that I don't really know why, but I just, I mean, I know partially is because I was so immersed in it. But I learned Portuguese to like a decent extent. So like I, it's like I'm proficient in Portuguese. I was at a, I was at a Brazilian party last night actually, um, and then I I lived in France for five months and I don't speak French. Like my <laughs> French is very minimal. And it's like so frustrating. I don't really know how to make sense of it. But anyways, uh, part of it was because I was just with these workers and they're down in southern Brazil. It's pretty cold actually. Um, and so we just fed the animals, you know, we prepared the food and then we'd clean up their areas. And, um, then, you know, the time I had free, I just explored Brazil and it was just really cool. Um, I would really recommend solo traveling, like at least once to anybody. Um, just because there's, uh, there's just a lot of freedom in like doing exactly what you want and not having to like cater to the group. Um, then again, though, it's awkward going out to dinner and eating at a table by yourself. So like, Hmm. I mean, I, I think I would always rather have a friend, you know, traveling, but solo traveling is pretty cool too, because I'd wake up and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go see that waterfall. Like that's 12 hours away. And I don't have to worry about, you know, my friends being like, Oh no, I don't really want to do that. Or yeah. Where are we going to eat lunch? Like, (laughs) Kind of a what are we going to do today, Ferb thing, but like with you and your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was kind of a stretch, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. I like the time. I, I like it. I mean, that was the way that I thought about it originally. When so. you're you're super knowledgeable about like cinema and, and television and. Yeah, I watch too much. <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time. Spent a lot of time on my couch. Yeah, um, I watch. No, dude, I didn't mean that at all. Like you, you know a lot about like the background, like the like pop culture, the story, the, the well, the history, the history of like <laughs> series and yeah. stuff. I mean, you'd always like tell me interesting stuff, like about like Rick and Morty or yeah, Adventure Time. That's true. That is true. I'm that's that's a good point. I'm the type of person that like for some reason when I like something, I will learn everything about it. Oh yeah. Like the other day I was trying to show a coworker Ben Folds and I haven't listened to Ben Folds in years, but I remember so many different stories about certain songs that he has. Like there's this one song called Army that the start of the song, he goes, well, I thought about the army. Dad said, son, you're effing high. <laughs> and, I was, and apparently what happened was he like, he was really debating whether or not to try weed for a while. And he, uh, and I might be butchering the story, but from what I remember, he was debating whether to try weed for a really long time. And he finally did. Like, just one time alone in his bedroom. And he, like, got super blazed and was like, maybe I'm going to join the army. <laughs> and, like, walked out and was like, Dad, I think, I think I'm think i going to join the army. And he was all, son, you're effing high. Mm. He was all, does he, does he know? Mm. No, he can't. Do, does he know? And just, I don't know, for some reason, stuff like that, like, I just retain really well. Yeah, and it's it's a skill, dude. I think Thank that's you. great uh, skill set for a podcast host. I appreciate that, man. You just keep complimenting me. I just can't. <laughs> I keep gotta. I gotta put it back on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, now we're gonna cut to our uh, um, some advertising from our sponsor, uh, BirdsAren'tReal.com. dot <laughs> com. <laughs> for more information, visit r slash birds aren't real. <laughs> Reddit, Reddit. <laughs> yeah. sources. Trust me, bro. <laughs> sources. <laughs> Versus in 1979. Yeah. That's like the premise behind their page. I was like, this happened to my friend Derek. It's <laughs> good stuff. Anyway, back to the actual subject though. So, uh, yeah, man, Brazil was pretty cool. From what I hear. Yeah. So Brazil was just really cool. I, uh, I basically just got to explore it. And, and so same thing, you know, they're like Puerto Ricans, just very welcoming mm-hmm. and 
loving and want to show you their culture um but also like appreciate that you've shown interest in theirs and um are just impressed with even a little bit of progress like in their language and um it for me it just makes a huge difference in like your experience there like it's you could be in the most beautiful place on earth but like if you feel like everybody hates you and you're all self-conscious like you want to appreciate it that's true yeah and that's kind of a weird analogy but well so you had mentioned too like traveling solo is different than traveling with people right oh yeah so do you feel like your your um experience in brazil would have been drastically different if you were with somebody else oh absolutely and then you yeah. needed it to be kind of solo to have yeah anyway you know what i'm asking yeah oh absolutely um well like and i think you know this could be applied to like life even um when you're you know, when you're splitting. So I was going to have, I had a couple of friends who were going to come down to Brazil with me. Um, and things just, I actually had to postpone the trip like a year because of COVID and stuff like that. Um, and it didn't end up working out, but, um, it was a time where I didn't have any responsibilities. And so maybe it's like, that's why I enjoyed it so much is because I could only, I could just focus on myself, you know? And, um, many people may find that, like you know self-centered but I I think it's actually very important to dedicate time to yourself and um when you're visiting a new area you know everybody has kind of different desires you know people some people are traveling for like the food honestly like they want to try authentic and that's awesome like I'm partly that way yeah that's Um, my buddy Caleb he's that same way yeah like he mostly travels to try new food yeah and and so yeah so I like I think I guess more the more of the point is is to find people that you'd like to travel with, you know, and that you guys will be like, um, you're kind of in sync. So I think you know you guys traveling together, and, and I'm sure you've experienced that. Is you have a really good time because obviously, like you guys maybe will want different things, but you're like learning from each other and you enjoy being with each other. Um, when so when I was in France, we we did like several weekend trips and. Um, there's like lots of ways to go about traveling. And with this particular group, um, they were like very heavily focused on the nightlife. Mm -hmm. Um, but so much so that they didn't really experience, I didn't feel like they experienced the, the culture and, and the place enough. That's, that's a fun part of travel too, is experiencing the nightlife, um, going out and, and seeing, you know, how people party, how they celebrate, it's a really great way to connect with people, you know. Um, you're you've got a couple of drinks and you you know you're you're a lot more humble and you're like willing to reach across the bar like, hey, what's up, you know? <laughs> Which times at least for me, I'm not like typically doing just like at a restaurant. Um, so that that's it's really awesome night. Like I wouldn't say like avoid nightlife or anything. I I think it's really fun, but I think you have to balance it out because with this group we'd be up till 3 a.m. and then go back to apartment. Like half people would be sick. Everybody would be hung over until the next day. And then they just start drinking just to like be alive in time to hit up the clubs again. And we'd be in like beautiful places like Lisbon, um, like the Amalfi Coast in Italy and oh like incredible places that you want to explore, but like nobody has the energy to do it, to to do it. So, I mean, that's kind of more what I mean is you're going to be in this place, you know, do what you want to do. It's not fun to always feel like, oh, well, I want to go do this, but they don't really like to leave the house. They want to like stay at the Airbnb or they want to sit by the beach or, or the opposite. Somebody's like, yeah, I want to go like get a picture of this, 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 this. And they don't really experience it. Like, well, dude, why don't we just chill at the beach for today? Let's have a beach day. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I find that balance for sure. Mm-hmm. One thing I got to bring attention to. All right. We briefly talked about it before we started this. And I don't know if you and Megs talked about it when I stepped out there for a phone call for a minute. But uh, you are now an F1 fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. An Aston Martin fan specifically. Yeah. Correct. Um, because, you know, you're a big fan of Aston Martin. I'm a Mercedes fan myself. Oh, okay. Uh, just because for I'm a sucker for... Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I did. I just I'm, mouthed something to him for, for our viewers. Yeah. No, it's cool. I get it. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the goat. 
<laughs> and so Mercedes uh, is solid. No, I, I I don't disagree. Well, and when I really when I got into F one, which was really this last season, it, Mercedes was really struggling. Mm-hmm. And so to like me jumping in, they were kind of the underdog. Yeah, which is funny because for the past eight seasons up until yeah, this last Lewis one, Hamilton's been just wrecking. Oh yeah. Which, you know, obviously is way out of place knowing the last eight seasons Mercedes has won the Constructors' Championship and Lewis has won seven out of the last eight or Mm -hmm. six out of the last eight championships. So, like, they're not an underdog. But, like, when I jumped in, they kind of were. But, yeah, you're not, not like, coming in after, like, Steph Curry, you know. Yeah. You're not, like, a total bandwagoner. Yeah, it's not the 2015 Warriors winning a championship going into the 2016 season. You're more like LeBron, like, bringing his talents to South Beach, like, kind (laughs) of hopping on around that time. Yeah, we can come up with references, <laughs> but uh, but specifically, there's a situation that we're you know we've talked about previously a little bit, but uh, I want to know a little bit more about this because you obviously got an F one after this, but you took a trip to Italy. It was honestly, I'm pretty sure this was the first race that I watched was Imola, um, mm. that got me like really into it because uh, I had watched the movie Rush or something. I don't I don't know why I'm giving so much backstory. I watched the movie Rush, got really into F one, and then Imola was the first. Imola 2022 was the first race I'd ever wanted, like actually watched. And I'm getting Snapchat stories of you in Italy, <laughs> like half an hour down the road from Il- Imola. Yeah, I was in Bologna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like super close. Like, yeah, like obviously he's yeah. there for the for the F1, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, genuinely, yeah. I was like, oh, he's like going to the race. Had so. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's more just indic like telling about me or i'm like how much i wing it while traveling like i don't know so bologna is a really cool city in italy but it's not like it's not necessarily like touristic Mm -hmm. but um it's it was it's in between venice and florence Mm -hmm. and so i stopped there and um i i stopped there so like i've always loved cars um and that's why i love aston martin obviously i don't love aston martin because they're I think they're going to win anytime soon. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin's my favorite vehicle, like, um, vehicle make. For sure. And so when I went out there, I actually, so I toured the Ferrari and Lamborghini museums and their, uh, like, factories. So I went out to, like, Emilia, or, uh, yeah, Emilia Romana. Um, the track out there? The Emilia Romagna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which is... Uh, Lamborghini or the the Lamborghini headquarters is there and then Ferrari's is in Modena um Mm -hmm. and then they have a a track in um starts with an M yeah Maranello yeah Maranello yeah exactly so I went out there and then I obviously I heard about the race when I was there yeah but I went like a day after the race or whatever to the Ferrari yeah yeah no, I think I was like the day of. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people were coming from the races and stuff. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, Keep going, sorry. But yeah, so I, it's funny that I didn't know that, but my dad had been trying to get me into F1 for a while, and like I, I'd watch, you know, a little bit of the Netflix series and stuff, mm. but I'd never really like truly embraced it. But now, you know, I, I th- it's so funny that I did that, and uh, my dad gives me crap for that too, and my my uncles. Really? Yeah. Because you were right next. Just because I had no idea. I'm just yeah. like, oh, what's all this ruckus? You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think tickets to that were like pretty cheap still for some reason. Like I'm, I don't know how much they would have been, but I feel like I remember looking them up and being like, it was like forty dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? They were like lawn seats or something on yeah. the side of the track, but. That that would be something though that wouldn't be as fun by yourself though. Yeah, that's for sure. Because like, so yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's pros and cons to just alone looking at the track. Yes, yeah, st- <laughs> I mean yeah, because like, say you get a good spot, you know, say yeah. you get a good view, like, you know, it's an it's an all day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really cool experience. But like, if I were just by myself, I think I'd feel like extremely self conscious. It's like people are like who's this child here? Like, yeah. <laughs> where's your? Are you looking for your mom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang man. Well, last thing we'll probably end on. Megs and I are planning a trip for our, for our anniversary here in, hey. in the next month. We're going to Austin, Texas. Oh, to which you have been to to watch the race in Coda. 
but uh did you do anything else in austin while you were there and is there anything we should see or do while we're there yeah so i've i've been to austin twice oh okay um because i have a friend who who lives out there um i would say what so when we went the other time it was to go to the coda you know we went to the f1 race um and i didn't experience too much but i went to sixth street um which is kind of the famous street in Austin with like the bars. It's kind of like a Nashville experience. Yeah, um, for sure. Live music and stuff. Yeah, really cool. Uh, it was really cool. I I actually so I want to move to Austin actually once I graduate. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's kind of a growing tech hub. Mm-hmm. Um, would be a great place for Loop actually, like HQ for Loop. That yeah, they're um, more liberal than the rest of Texas. Yeah. they're more embracing of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, but but then they're in a red state, so that they yeah. like don't have like the recycling infrastructure. So yeah, and solid laws lenient for businesses and stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea, man. Thank you. You know that is a brilliant idea. <laughs> so yeah, that's a. Uh, um, if you guys like it, come out and visit. We yeah, or we can all just move in together. Let's do it. <laughs> If it was not so damn expensive, yeah. I would totally move out there. Yeah, it's true. But, but at the same time, though, like, who knows? Maybe the podcast pops off. We're rolling in money for some reason because of all the sponsors. Uh, yeah. Athletic Greens, you know, if you're hearing that. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Thank you, birdsaren'treal.com. Yeah, birdsaren'treal.com. <laughs> uh, text unoriginal to 500-500 <laughs> for Audible, uh, stuff like that. But no, yeah, one day, like, it'd be sick. That would be, like, a dream place for me to live. I don't know about Meg's, but. I think it'd be cool. I just want to afford a house someday. I would love to not pay rent for the rest of my life. Yeah, so seriously. We'll see how the economy goes in the next 10 years. Yeah. We aren't growing up in our parents' time, though. Yeah. Like, you could buy a house for $1.50 and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. That bit, I want have, that one. Have you seen... I wonder if you've seen this. It's like a comedian, and he's joking, and he's joking about that, like where he's talking with his parents, and... They're telling him, well, yeah, I, uh, I bought this house, like our house, like our, uh, our main house with, uh, three blueberries and a raspberry. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they're like, I just don't understand why you guys are still living with your parents. Like, well, maybe that's because rent is $2,000 for a two foot, like two square foot studio. Yeah. You have to poop next to my bed yeah and it's four grand <laughs> yeah gosh bad. man it's like we're in hong kong <laughs> have you been to hong kong no but no, neither have i uh rumors though many rumors yeah hear a lot you know yeah a lot of problems in hong kong <laughs> hey cook where are you gonna travel to next um so i think i'm trying to do a puerto rico trip for spring break <gasps> yes. um Good have move. You, have you been back yet or no? I've gone back twice, like right after my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I go back now, it's going to be a very different experience. Oh, um, I bet. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, big trip-wise, though, I really I want to do Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like I, I'm a big Argentina fan. I was really happy about Messi mm-hmm. and... Um, Originally, my Brazil, my Brazil trip, um, I wanted to make it a Brazil to Argentina, maybe even Chile trip. Mm-hmm. But are you trying to hit like Patagonia and stuff while you're out there? Yeah, Patagonia. Then do like Mendoza. Mm, okay. um, then cross to Buenos Aires, and then maybe check out Uruguay. Um, do like a two week trip. Oh heck yeah, that'd be dope. I just want to do another Italy trip because I just I love Italy. Just it's a great place to be, man. Food's amazing. They got two F1 races on the calendar there. So, you know, you have Let's a go. 50-50 shot to hit it. Yeah. We want to go to the Mexico City one, but if uh, oh, but yeah. Italy may be better. Because either, if either Red Bull or Mercedes beats, you know, Ferrari, which will inevitably happen, it'll be funny to see a lot of pissed off Ferrari fans. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's a, the wrong reason to go. No, dude, I think, like, I think it's a valid reason to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you just real quick, if there was like one place you could go, I know that's kind of a basic question, but there's one place you could go and money is not a concept. Like not, money is out of the picture and you're just going like, where would it be for both of you guys? Do you know off the top of your head? Mm, not yet. 
Okay. I'll probably say Tokyo. Okay. I want to go to Tokyo real bad. Um, I feel like it'd be kind of expensive. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually pretty cheap. But for some reason to me, in my head, that's like the most expensive trip. Yeah, it's just, it's expensive. I was going to say, like, I think flights are like way more than if you were to go to Europe or something like that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Tokyo, I just feel like is it's a cool culture that I want to experience. So unique. Oh, I, yeah. I really want to go to Japan. I really do. Let's do it. Let's go. Dude, I'm down. Yeah, man. What do you think, Vince? Where do you think you're New is? Zealand. New Zealand. I would love to go. It's so green. Nature is a huge pull for me. Oh, yeah? Travel. I've really connected with myself through nature, and I love finding other beautiful spots in nature, especially since um, it's really unlike where we're living right now. It's, like, just super different. So yeah. So that would be super fun. How about for you? Does that change, or is it still Argentina? Like, your um, next trip? Uh, what, like, if I could go, like, anywhere, anywhere, um, one big one I really want to do is Indonesia. Oh, that'd um, be a cool one. Do, uh, you know, Bali, of course, but also, like, uh, it's um, pronounced Bali. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? <laughs> um. I'm just messing around. I yeah, well, just don't let it happen again. Okay. Um. <laughs> 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 Me acting like it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like reprimanding you. You're a guest here. Like <laughs> Sorry, I should know my place. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, Southeast Asia looks amazing. We yeah, go super cheap. Snorkeling looks amazing. Weather is amazing. Heck yeah. But. Cool. Well, there's our dreams. That's we'll uh, we'll hit it. Thanks again for part two. This has been a long night. I mean, not. A, I mean, listeners are not going to know this, but we just recorded both of the Logan Cook podcasts back. Back to back, so uh, and we're we're going on to 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 <laughs> finalize the trilogy next. <laughs> three in a row, three in a row. Anyway, uh, it's been a good time. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you, everybody, and uh, let's do this again sometime.